0: there was something about the radio group well the time was different of course but I think the people involved in radio the performance I'm talking about now see nobody had to get their noses fixed and nobody had to worry about weight there wasn't the terrible competition about who was more attractive. A man who physically was not what you would call Clark Gable, Everett Sloan, God rest his soul, was the most romantic actor on radio. In a truly classical sense, he was absolutely the most appealing, masculine, macho, handsome, beguiling person. Well, that couldn't happen in any of the visual branches of the medium. Carlotta Mercedes McCambridge was born to farming parents in Joliet, Illinois on March 16, 1916. She graduated from Mundelein College. McCambridge began her radio career in the 1930s, first in Chicago, and then in New York while also performing on Broadway. You went to line College. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. I was on scholarship there for drama. When I was a sophomore, I was in a play. Some people from NBC saw it and came backstage afterwards. As a result of that, I signed a five-year contract with NBC, and that was the beginning. It was the, uh, the hub of all of, of mm-hmm. radio drama and soap opera, and the great comedies all came out of here too then. Amos and Andy and Fibber McGee Mm -hmm. and Molly, and a great many others, Vic and Sade, which was my favorite. But all of the soap operas and Lights Out, First Nighter, so many, many. Can you recall what your first radio job was? I can't really. Some people uh, say it was a poetry reading on the Chicago Symphonic Hour with the Mundelein First Speaking Choir, which was signed to a year's contract at NBC. And other people tell me, no, it was on a show called Pretty Kitty Kelly. I think it was on Guiding Light. No, there were a Played great many family. marvelous, marvelous actresses in radio. Oh, so many of them were my idols. Aggie Moorhead, Ann Seymour, Elspeth Eric. Oh, there were so many. Some of them I hated. I really hated them. Why did you hate them? Oh, when they got the parts I wanted. Oh, <laughs> In 1949, she made her film debut opposite Broderick Crawford in All the King's Men, for which she won an Academy Award, Golden Globe, and the new star of the year. But no one who knew her was surprised. Orson Welles called her radio's greatest actress. Hyman Brown almost never failed to cast her. It mm-hmm. was a regular job for you, wasn't it, Oh, yes, almost? yes, uh-huh. many of these things were. her uh-huh. Sanctum, Hybron laughs at the story that I used to depend on Inner Sanctum in New York to pay my rent. One day I called my exchange for my call on Inner Sanctum, and the lady at the exchange said you didn't get a call, and I was ready to fire the exchange for their inadequacies. She said the calls are out, but there's no call for you. So I called High Brown, and I said, what is this about no call this week? And he said, no, I'm sorry, there aren't any women. And I said, there's no excuse, I gotta pay my rent. Where's the call? And he said, can you play an elevator man? And I said, sure, you bet I can. And I did and paid my rent. You would depend on these things and sometimes you'd get so confused with the shows on your schedule that it would run it terribly close. You'd get elevators waiting for you. Buzz Meredith used to hire an ambulance Uh to get from NBC to CBS in New York. It was two blocks, <laughs> but if you got stuck on Fifth Avenue, you'd be dead.
1: She is family to me. Mm-hmm. I urge you and your listeners to get a book she wrote, an autobiography the called, Qualities Of Mercy. Of Mercy. Ah, you know it, yes. It's yeah. an incredible book, just incredible. And she is such an example of courage and fortitude, in a sense, she had a terrible time with alcohol, mm-hmm. and she's not ashamed of saying that she had, and she's had some personal disasters in her life. Well, she went out and did Lost in Yonkers mm-hmm. for 600, some odd performances all over the United States, and did much better than they did here in New York City, and uh, she loved every minute of it.
0: Although she was an Academy Award winner, but Cambridge was still a proud cast member of I Love a Mystery. How did you um, make the transition from radio to movies? I've never felt there was any kind of transition to be made. You just kept one I with the other there's... at the same time? Huh? Uh, Walter Houston told me that early on and I'm very grateful. Acting is acting is acting. It's merely a question of, of projection. If now I am sitting with you here and where I am trying to convey to you that It is terribly important for me to tell you that I love you that's enough to convey it here at this distance if however I were standing medium distance from you across the room in a film studio it demands a different kind of projection it becomes terribly important for me to tell you that I love you if on the other hand I am in a theater and there's a Capacity audience of 1,200, 12,000 people. It becomes terribly important for me to tell you that I love you. But what's changed? Nothing. Projection? Whom are you trying to reach? What is involved in trying to reach that person? But what is the difference in the feeling? None. One is as intense as the other, it's uh, an opening of a door and you open it as far as is necessary to let the light in. The
1: Natural Broadcasting System presents I Love the Mystery. New Carlton Morse adventure thriller.
2: Yeah, it ain't much, but
3: that's where we live. Well, what's your daughter's name, Jumping Dick? Laurie. Laurie?
2: Huh? Y- you mean L O R R Y? L-O-R-R-Y. Well, that's plain English.
3: (laughs) It is, huh?
2: Laurie. (laughs) L-A-U-R-A.
3: That's Laurie, huh?
2: Well, it ain't Kate. Oh. <laughs> He's
1: got something there, Doc. Now, just a minute. I think we're getting too far ahead of the maestro and Nash.
3: Well, what you keep worrying about them for, Jack? They ain't no skin
1: off our nose. Well, besides, we have practically arrived. Just the same. It won't hurt to show a little friend in this. I get a feeling our maestro could be a pretty venomous enemy.
3: You mean he could be witches or something with his mysticism stuff? We'll talk sense, Doc. Well, yeah, that does, does sound kind of silly to me, even at 6 o'clock in the morning. But if his weapon ain't magic, well, what the heck hurt can he do us? He sure can't chase us at a
2: night. Well, look
3: at him. 300 pounds of pure, unrendered whale blood.
2: Well, yeah. fattest man I ever see or expect to see.
3: Can't hardly drag one foot ahead of the other through this sand. Can we be of any help, Maestro?
2: How much more of this torture is there?
3: Just
1: a few yards more. Can we help?
4: A curse on this desert sand.
1: Well, we're in the city
3: limits of Barrier Dead now, so the going should be easier.
4: A curse on Barrier Dead. Hey,
3: don't say that. Well, the folks in bury your dead is gonna feed us and put us up. Go so
4: along with you. Stop annoying me with your silly pattern. Nasha and I will arrive in our in our own good
3: time. How are you doing, Nasha, honey? You do not say honey to me. Why not, Sugar? You do not say sugar to me either. Why not? Because maybe if
2: you do, I stick nice
3: life <laughs> Now will you be good? Come on, let them alone. Yeah. They seem to like their own company better than ours. Well, uh, Looky, jumping, Dick, uh, tell us more about your little old daughter.
2: Hmm? Laurie?
3: Yeah, that little old, little old Laurie female gal.
2: Well, ain't much to tell, except she's had a heap of book education. She talks of dad burn, citified and pretty. Most folks won't have no truck with her.
1: You mean your daughter was educated away from bury her dead?
2: Yeah, I reckon. But again, my will... Why say she's so darn stuck up? Do you think she'll wear flower sack bloomers like the rest of the women in these parts? Oh, no, 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 sir. Not Laurie. She's gonna have star bought clothes from top to bottom. <laughs> you
1: should be proud of your daughter, Dick.
2: Well, of course I am. But she's about the most expensive female critter yeah. Star bought clothes underneath where you can't see 'em. Well, with ideas like that, she'll never
3: get a husband. And shoes. You don't mean she insists on wearing shoes. Darned if she don't. Shoes and
2: stockings, both.
3: (laughs) Well, darned if I don't think you've got a pretty desperate case on your hands, jumping, Dick. Hey, you ain't in the mood
2: to get married, are you? Oh!
3: (laughs) Hey, now, 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 wait a minute.
2: You you, you ain't, huh? Well, at least not
3: till I've kind of looked her
2: over. I mean, say, if you look her over and... Like what you see. You, you take her off my hands? Uh.
3: Look out, Doc. <laughs> well, what you mean, take her off your hands? Oh, it's got to be legal. Legal,
2: huh? Oh, darn right. I want a marriage ceremony which says right in the contract that once I'm shed to lorry, I'm shed over for life.
3: <laughs> well, well jumping, Dick, I don't reckon that I'm particularly interested. Oh,
2: here, now, don't go and say that. That ain't fair to Laurie. It ain't? No, no, it ain't. How can you tell you don't want a girl before you've even seen her? Well, of
3: course I uh... can, Of course
2: you can. Now then, uh, how about branching off up to my place, huh? Not a chance,
1: Dick. We want to get to the boarding house and get some breakfast.
2: Yeah, but you'll only be a minute. Just one quick look so Texas here can make up his mind. uh... You
3: mean uh, a young gal is up and around at 6 in the morning?
2: No, no, she ain't up, but you can sort of peek in through the window. Oh, (laughs) look here. Oh, that's all right. Because there ain't no glass in the window. <laughs> nope, nope.
3: That, that ain't my way, Dick. Oh,
2: ain't huh?
3: Nope. I, I like my women on the hoof. Especially when I'm trying to judge them for marrying.
2: Well, I could have her up and dressed.
3: Uh, Dick,
1: uh, what's that building down at the head of the drawer there?
2: Uh, that's Dry Ghost Mary's boarding house. As I was saying, I could have her up out of bed with her hair combed in no time.
1: Hey, maestro! Stop
2: yelling at me, will you?
1: That unpainted building at the head of the drawers, the boarding
4: house. Well, when you get there, tell them to reserve the best room in the place for me. And how do you like
2: that? As I was saying, I can get Laurie up and dressed. Forget your daughter,
4: will
1: you?
2: But this is the first chance to marry her off.
1: (laughs) You're barking up the wrong tree.
2: Ah, What's that?
1: The doctor's just kidding us. He doesn't want your daughter...
2: Well, he just said himself he didn't know until he seen her. Jack,
1: for the love of Mike, will you put Dick out of his misery? Well, I
2: don't know, Jack. If
3: Lars is pretty, as he, jumping, Dick says she is. You crazy fool! <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: that's the way to talk, young fella. Look, you go on over to Dry ghost Marys, and get your breakfast. And I'll run along home and yank Wally out and have her over there for you to look at. Huh? Yeah, why don't you do that? Hey, uh, Texas, you're, you're, you're the same as married right now. I'll be back quick and you can say the
1: Jack, I'd like to break your neck. <laughs> oh, what the heck, it's all in fun. Well, you're getting yourself into this. Don't come around asking for help. Come on. Well, that looks very It looks more like a cow barn. Five,
3: six, seven, eight shacks. What looks like this is all it is to bury your dead. Just them eight shacks. Stuck around the slopes of this gulf. Well, Dick said there were only 19 citizens in the town. 20, until the uh, wolves killed one last night. Well, that wolf business sounds mighty funny to me. Yeah, it does, don't it? Man, you sure know you're in the desert. Only 6 o'clock in the morning already. It's hot enough to fry. Well, here we are, such as it is. Bit mm, on the dilapidated side. Look at that port. <laughs> Looks like your foot would go through it if you stepped on it. Uh, do we knock or just walk in? Well, let's try knocking. Come on up on the porch.
1: <laughs> Looks deserted to me. No curtains.
3: Yeah, look inside. No, no carpet.
1: Furniture, though. No answer? Try again.
3: I hear somebody inside. Oh, good morning. Well?
1: You're uh, Dry Gulch, Mary? That's right. You have room and board to offer? I
5: rent rooms a serve group.
1: That's fine. How about showing us three rooms with uh, baths, if you have them? I don't. Oh. Well, then, three connecting rooms.
5: All my rooms connect.
1: I say, but they're locked between, of course. No.
5: What do you want to lock your room for?
1: Oh, wait a minute. We can settle the details later. Can you show us three rooms, and then get us some breakfast?
5: Let me see the color of your money.
1: That's fair. How much? dollar a week apiece for the room. A dollar a week?
5: Well, if you don't like it, find someplace else to sleep. No,
1: no, that's that's quite all right. That's um, three dollars. And uh, how about meals?
5: Fifty cents a day for each of you. Take it or leave it.
1: Doggone! Did you hear that, Reggie? Fifty cents a day for a week is uh, three and a half times three is nine. Ten and a half. You'll feed the three of us so, for a week for ten and a half.
5: And don't try to jar me down. No, no, no.
1: And here's the ten and a half, and here's the extra three dollars for our rooms. <laughs>
5: Just lousy with money, ain't
1: you? <laughs> no, not
3: exactly.
5: Say, you ain't the fellow that killed Alka Joe last night, are you? I say.
3: Done what?
5: Killed Alka Joe.
3: Oh, he must be the fellow Dick is telling us about. We understood he was killed by wolves. Ha! <laughs> Human wolves.
5: Say, who's that coming?
1: Hmm? Oh, oh yes, two more customers for you. Uh,
5: they gonna stay here?
3: Yes, if you have accommodations.
5: Uh, is he that fat? Or does he just look that way?
3: No, ma'am, he ain't kidding. He's just as fat as he looks.
5: I oh, wonder how he does it. I wish I could get my hogs that fat. <laughs> uh,
3: uh, madam,
4: your attention, please. Uh, uh,
5: what you puffing about? Uh, the sand is difficult for
3: the maestro. Uh,
4: uh, we'll dispense with unnecessary conversation. Madam, I want... The best room in your establishment.
5: Well, you can't
4: have it. Madam, I, I demand the best room in
5: Now, Now, Juggler, don't you get tough with me. Huh? I've got the best room in this house and I aim to keep it. Shall I stick a knife in her my throat? Hand back. Hey. Hey, don't make a move. None of you.
3: Joe. Jack, did you see that? She throwed a gun on us quicker than a man could have. Mary, put up that gun.
5: Tell me how to run my boarding house. But you're three foot, ten feet.
1: You don't need that gun. No one's going to bother you.
4: Now well, you bet the ain't. Uh, ma- ma- madam, I... I... I misjudged you. My deepest apologies. Show us the best room you have available. It will be plenty good.
5: Well, now that's more like. Say, what about this girl, Nana? Uh, Nasha. Yes, my.
4: Uh, apologize to this good woman.
5: Madame, I have been impetuous. Please, you will forgive me. <laughs> Is she your wife? Uh, no, no.
4: I will also want a room for Nasha.
5: Oh, that's a Lulu of a name, Nasha. ha. <laughs>
4: You mind? It's all right by me, sister. Then quickly, a room, hot water, and then uh, breakfast.
5: Let's see the color of your money. Madam,
4: you question our integrity? I
5: want a dollar a piece from you and the girls. Now, that's for the room. Meals is 50 cents a piece a day.
4: That's quite reasonable, in fact. Very reasonable. Then dish out. At the end of the week. Money talk. My dear, Madam, filthy
5: lucre this is the curse. So allow huh?
1: me. What's this? Uh, Let me take care of your week's room and board. Here, Mary, I think this is right.
5: Yes, don't care how you throw money around. Are you sure you didn't murder (laughs) Alkyjo?
1: Quite
3: sure. Well, you folks
5: just wait here now. I got to go see where I'm going to put y'all.
3: A peculiar situation. Hey, looky, maestro. Ain't you going to thank Jack for paying you a nicest way?
4: No, thanks is due. The honor of paying my way, as you so crudely put it, is sufficient reward. You think so, huh? You are
3: privileged. You can say they helped the maestro in an emergency. Well, of all the ornery... Hey, what about you, Nasher? Uh, ain't you grateful?
2: Uh, why should I be grateful? It is you who should be grateful. Yeah? Grateful you have been allowed to live.
3: Grateful we've been allowed to live? That is
2: true. Have you forgot the wolves?
3: Hey... What are you talking about?
2: Wait until tonight when the wolves come. Then you will see. <laughs>